Check, check. One, two, one, two. It's Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories, a bonus episode. My name is Brian. And I'm Murdoch. We're going to get some listener mail. That's what we do on these bonus episodes often is we check the mailbox. You can send us something, put something in that mailbox. Sounds dirty. Uh, it's we are the story guys at gmail.com, or you can hit us up wherever you download the show. You can send it through the website, we are the story guys. Dot com. You can leave us do, a review. Yeah, Carrier Pigeon, uh, Facebook page, The Story Guys, whatever you want to do. But uh, this one comes from Walt, who is writing us from the great state of North Carolina. In fact, hey. he specifies the town, uh, Hickory, North Carolina. You know anything about that place? Yeah, it's nice, man. That's a nice town. You've driven through it? You've been there? Yeah. Sure, sure. I know it's probably a lot bigger, like that part of the state is kind of blown up a bunch. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think it's actually a little bigger than he makes it out to be, though. If you want a little hickory, uh, you know, I can't help myself. I have to research things when people mention things I don't know about. So I did a little hickory research, and I did learn that hickory actually um, grew up around a tavern in the 1800s. There was a big hickory tree, and they built a tavern under it. So people went there to get hickory their... Hickory Tavern? Is that yeah, what it was? Yeah, it was like Hickory Tavern, and then eventually they decided it wasn't probably good to call the town Hickory Tavern. It would send the wrong messages, so they just yeah. they just called it Hickory. Oh, no way. But, yeah, hey, listen, any town founded around a place where you get to drink and hang out, that's like my kind of town. Yeah, no kidding. And so they, they just made it Hickory. All right. And cool. uh, so Walt lives there, and uh, he says he has pointed more than a dozen friends to our show. So we might actually have a pretty large contingency of Hickory listeners. Um, and welcome. If that is the case, we, we might need to come see your space and we can all hang out. And I think I know what we're going to hang out and listen to. If we go to Hickory and hang out with Walt, because Walt makes it very clear what he wants to talk about with us. All right. And that is not the Osmonds, but Walt wants to talk about it's a, it's another duo. It's a duo sort of like the Osmonds, but they're not related. Um, he wants to talk about Coverdale and Page. Ooh, when when Jimmy Page wanted to make Robert Plant jealous, and he went <laughs> over to the <laughs> is that, is that what it the... was? Well, yeah, he did go find a guy who sort of sounds like and that's. And Walt says this right. in the letter. He's like, you know, he, a lot of White Snake fans and a lot of Zeppelin fans were sort of like, what's happening here? Because this is like a guy who just sort of has been Im- impersonating Robert Plant anyway. And so, so you think it was a jealousy thing? Well, I remember having that idea at the time. And man, I never saw Led Zeppelin. And when I saw, eventually, when I saw Robert Plant with Jimmy Page, like it was, it was them together, you know. But it was very different than two. But I saw White Snake Heyday, and that felt like watching Robert Plant, like because of the tight pants and the microphone thing that he did yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like it just, you know, it it felt his whole thing was overtly sexual, kind of like. Robert Plant was kind of subtly, except yeah. for like the lizard in his pants. But keep going. So we're talking about Coverdale Page. Yeah, shake yeah. My, sh- shake my tree. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Walt, Walt, and you were on the same page. Also, let's just for a second. <laughs> so he does say, "Shake my tree" is like the jam. Uh, the so one. you you would agree with that? It was the radio hit, and it was the it was the one that got everybody's attention um, for sure. So. Let me just read a few lines of Walt's email here. He says, um, there, there's just a random part in this email where he just writes, Murdoch is awesome. Exclamation oh. point, exclamation point. I needed that today. <laughs> today has been kind of challenging. So thanks, Walt. Like a paragraph later, he says, uh, he says, hey, I've got a show recommendation. This is when he's going to tell us about uh, you know, our need to talk about uh, Paige and Coverdale. And he says, Murdoch, you should love this one. And Brian, I guess you will as well. 
<laughs> so at least at least I'm not completely out of the story. No, 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 no. You're part of the uh, the thing. You're you're doing. You're you're the co-host, and I'm doing all the work here for some reason, Ellis. I don't know how that works. <laughs> So he does go on to point out sort of the background of this band, right? Which is what you said, which is like, you know, things aren't really happening with this Led Zeppelin reunion. Uh, Page and Coverdale meet, and then they decide to do something. But what he points out, which I think is a good point, is that this all happens with the backdrop of grunge, right? So like everything is sort of changing in rock and roll. And these two guys, one who symbolizes sort of the 70s and one who sort of symbolizes the 80s, um, but definitely very influenced by the 70s and by by Jimmy Page, uh, get together and put out this one-off thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I think that, I you know, I don't think that the record really made, you know, it didn't make as huge of a splash as they probably wanted. It immediately was like on AOR radio with all the other classic rock. Like it just, it was kind of instantly classic rock because of the artist that it automatically was. And Shake My Tree was a big, made a big impact. But there wasn't a lot of other big impact at radio with with the record. But I certainly bought it. I remember that. I remember the album cover. Like I remember being in stores and you know and just seeing it and not really understanding the significance of it. But I definitely have it imprinted in my brain. Interesting story about the origination of this um, collaboration. So when they finally have to, like do a meeting, like it sort of gets set up because. Page is wanting to work on new music. He's looking for a new collaborator. They're both signed to Geffen. And so there's an A&R guy who's like, you guys should work together, right? So it is a little manufactured. But when they get together, they it's like, hey, okay, we'll meet up at the Ritz-Carlton. Because at this point, these guys both are doing pretty well, right? So they're not they're not meeting up at the Days Inn. They're like, we're, yeah. gonna, we're going to the Ritz-Carlton in New York. This is in 91. And so they're getting along. They sort of are vibing. And they're like, let's walk around Manhattan together. And so, wow! While they walk around, imagine this: while they're walking around Manhattan, New York traffic is stopping, so people can ask them if they're working together. Hey, yeah, yeah. Are you are you, are you doing a Led Zeppelin project? Hey, hey, are you guys doing? Hey, I'm just imagining like you know, just the most stereotypically New York or New Jersey sounding person being like, "Yay, hey, play cashmere." <laughs> Are you guys going to do Trampled Underfoot? <laughs> Where's you gotta, your guitar? <laughs> so, okay, that's. I do think it's really kind of interesting to be those two guys walking around. Yeah, I mean, it's quite the picture, right? That's a lot of hair. Uh, so yeah. then they, I mean, but the, like what is sort of great about this, but also I think sort of irritating to rock fans is that like they're getting to do this at the height of luxury. Because they're established rock gods at this point, right? I mean, especially Page, but even Coverdale to a certain degree. And so, yeah, yeah, White Snake made a man. They made a big splash. Yeah, they made a lot of money. Those are big hits. So, I mean, that that self titled record in '87. I mean, how many, how many, how oh, many yeah, top forty yeah. hits were on that? Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I've I've been saying we're going to footnote or or sort of kick back to our old episodes. We do have an episode. Sort of about White Snake because it's about Tawny Katane. About Tawny Katane and yeah. how she sold those records, dude. For sure. But let's give Coverdale his fair shake. He's he's pretty good. Uh so they're Shake my tree. They're, <laughs> they're both doing well. They meet up for this Ritz Carlton thing, and then they decide to do writing sessions. And so the first place they write is Lake Tahoe, <laughs> which is where Coverdale is living. And then 
they decide to go to Barbados. So Paige first Coverdale picks. He's like, just come to my house. You know, it's Lake Tahoe. It's not too shabby. And then Paige is like, okay, for our next session, let's go to Barbados. So like, I think there's this aesthetic, right? Where we think about like, if you watched Pistol on Hulu or you watch a lot of these like Brock picks, like you think of the absolute squalor that the genius comes out of, right? Yeah. And so I do think that there's a little bit where like when people get this and these guys are at the height of their game and they know that like they were sipping Mai Tais and like there were probably women massaging them while they were writing these songs, there's just a little less authenticity, whether or not that's fair, because like you've pointed out, the songs are still very good. Uh, But I do think that that probably clouds people's perceptions a little bit. And, and, you know, there, there is something about that feel, you know, if, I mean, you know, it. You're like you can kind of know it and feel it. And when someone tells you like, yeah, we went in um, to Sound City and we recorded the record in eight days and then we did right. the overdubs right. here. It's like, oh, OK. It's like you did that record in two weeks. Like you can f- kind of feel it. Yeah. And then when there's when, you know, Def Leppard works on a record with Mutt Lang that lasts a decade, it sounds like it. Right. I just wanted to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they do they record it all over the country, right? They, so there's parts of it that they record um I, I mean actually all over the continent. They do a little bit in Vancouver. They do some stuff in Miami. They do some stuff in home studio in Nevada. They do some stuff at Abbey Road in London. Like they just it's just at the height of luxury, this whole production, which, again, nothing wrong with it. I think it just doesn't fit a lot of rock and roll guys' perceptions of how genius happens. Yeah. And this all like I mean, when they initially got together. It was it was earlier, right? Like it was ninety one, but it didn't come out till like ninety three. Right, right, right. So it, it takes a little bit to come together. The recording process lasts from late ninety one to early ninety two. Gosh. Um, but then <laughs> it takes Paige a year to record his guitar parts. And a a year. Well, the album was recorded on analog. Oh, okay. Well, I, that's exciting. Because, honestly. again, these guys can do whatever they want. <laughs> They're yeah. like, listen, we're going to make this as hard as possible and take as long as possible. They've got nothing to do. I mean, Jimmy Page literally goes to his record label and is like, will you just find somebody who will hang out with me and make music? Because my old friends won't. Yeah. Well, that's right. Like, my understanding was there was like a little bit of a discussion of of them getting the zeppelin playing oh yeah yeah that's what and, that's and, how this all starts and and plant plant backs out yeah right? oh, that's a hundred percent what happens so right right i can't believe i have no freaking idea what i had for lunch today but i know <laughs> that they had tony thompson yes. somebody else they didn't have phil collins like yeah. they, they had a real drummer yeah um uh, not to make fun of Phil Collins, for God's sakes. You ever notice on all of his records, he's looking right at you? Oh, he knows. Um, Phil Collins he, fucking knows, God, he, man. He's looking right at you. So so the jealousy thing that we all talked about, eh, you know, it, it kind of lends itself to the story pretty well, right? Yeah, I mean, this this is all, they're putting stuff together for like a Blood Zeppelin, like something for the label, like one of those remastered, things or i forget what it is one one of the series of like catalog stuff that they do and they're going back and compiling things or whatever and so they're starting to have the conversation plant backs out and then page is like well fine 
And that's why a lot, again, so it's done in the lap of luxury. Also, it sort of just feels like two guys who are rebounding because Coverdale's White Snake just broke up. Yeah, he put them on hold. I mean, yeah, they're kind of, I mean, I don't know. And I mean, Page wasn't doing anything at the time really significant. He was working on, they were remastering the records, right? That's 91. They were starting yeah. to do stuff mm-hmm. like that. Right. Yeah. So, you know, they're, this, this Coverdale Page record, they're talking about reissuing it next year. I don't know what that looks really? like, but yeah. But if they reissue it, there's also been rumors that these two could get back together and do something live, which I wouldn't put past them because they're probably both bored again. Um, I mean, they've just been in their luxurious mansions for several years doing nothing. And, and I do, I do have something to add about that, which is um, White Snake was doing a tour and they had to call off their tour because I think multiple people got sick on the tour. Uh. Um, not, I don't know if Coverdale did and Tommy Aldridge, the drummer who is 72 did not get sick, um, <laughs> which is crazy. So I'm curious about that, but I have heard rumors that, that maybe the firm was going to get back together. So I'd be really excited to hear if, if, um, you know, if Jimmy Page was talking to Paul Rogers, but here we are talking about shaking my tree. That's first. Well, that's what we're talking. About. So you, you know, I think we talked a little bit off mic earlier about the amount of collaboration that Coverdale, or I'm sorry, that Page has done throughout his career, and like he just shows up with a guitar. Like it just sort of feels like he just is the guy that knocks on the door halfway through the party. He's like, "Can I join the band?" You're like, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. But do you know? Uh, on that note. The first time Coverdale and Paige publicly appeared on stage together, do you know who they appeared on stage with? Was it with like Bad Company or? Dude, it was with Poison. Oh no, that's April Fool's. No, it is May of 91. So they get together in March to do to actually start doing this. And in May, they walk out on stage with Poison in Reno, Nevada. And they do rock and roll. What? Yeah. <laughs> because because Coverdale lives in Nevada. He lives in... Okay. I, I, I'm I'm still having trouble dealing... I, I'm sure maybe Walt is too. Just keep going. This is, just doesn't make any sense. I'm just trying to imagine like that band and what they look like at that time. And Jimmy Page and what he looks like. It's, go ahead. It's, it's pretty awesome. Um, so, listen basically at the end of this email, Walt just makes a list of songs we need to listen to. And you've already, you've already jumped to the one that like, I think he really wants us to play if we had to just pick one. I mean, he mentions take me for a little while and pride and joy, but he says, if you really want to rock and you got to turn it up, but you need to listen to shake my tree. So should we do that? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do shake my tree. That's a good one. Cause you keep on pushing, baby, like 
I mean, it's pretty good. Oh yeah. What What's your favorite Jimmy Page project of all the projects that he's done? Oh, um, I I did out of Zeppelin. I I really like the the Firm for sure. Easy. Okay. I, I like the Firm more than I like that. And and you know what? I listened to the Firm after uh, Covered Ill Page and after the Page Black Crows stuff. And I went back because I kind of had to have, I, I what I had to do is kind of have this rediscovery of Paul Rogers being this unbelievable singer of free, this unbelievable singer of bad company. And arguably, hey, you know what, man? This is my hot take. Better singer for Queen than mm. than the one than what they're what they have going now. I just oh, oh not singer. better, not better than Freddie. No, no. Okay, I was like, that's a really hot take that's definitely very cold. <laughs> yeah, that's a hot take that doesn't work. I'm saying post Freddie, like I, I enjoyed when Paul Rogers was in Queens. So um I just I think he's a I think he's a really great singer. So I, I really enjoyed the the firm. And and if you go and watch YouTube videos of it now, people were losing their freaking mind. Like they were losing it. You know, it was like super duper exciting uh for them to see jimmy page sober um you know and on station they did they did they didn't really do zeppelin tunes um uh that much they did a couple like they did like yeah. in my time of dying yeah. a couple things um over the hills and far away they did that train kept a rolling i think i think they did that but anyway um I, I like how jimmy page's answer to post zeppelin blues is to hang out with other guys who are really loud and robert plant is like Cool. So I'm just gonna go hang out with Allison Krauss, and we're gonna be real mellow. <laughs> and man, I that Allison Krauss, the newer uh, stuff. Uh, I like the new. I didn't love Raising Sand, but like the newer thing, oh. stuff I've been hearing is great. Oh, see, I don't even like the newer. I like Raising Sand better. So for sure, we're, we're we're talking about collaborations. This is totally off topic, but it's still rock and roll. It's off the Coverdale wagon for just a second. But I was with um, my friends kiddo tonight was over here with my kiddos and um, got in the car going to the pool put on Billy Joel because that's how I roll uh, glass houses shouts and uh, the the seven-year-old very charming and sweet but also very opinionated and says this is awful I need you to turn it off which doesn't work with me as you might guess I'm not going to be bullied by a seven-year-old who doesn't like the best Billy Joel record when he is doing an Elvis Costello impression for 45 minutes so I uh decided instead to continue to play it and then my son who's very used to hearing that album because it's stuck in my cd player and we listen to it all the time um started a conversation with me about billy joel and asking about if he still plays live and i said yes he does and sometimes he collaborates with elton john and they play together and the seven-year-old girl in the back seat pipes up and goes but does he ever play with blackpink <laughs> and i said no and she goes well then i don't care and i said <laughs> I like that you're really going to die on this hill about anti-Billy Joel sentiment, but whew, that's another episode. Um, all, I, all I can ever think about with Billy Joel, because it's tattooed my brain. Horatio Sands? No. Oh. oh, my God. That's so funny. The, the, <laughs> running into the tree on Long Island. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's in the Breakfast Club. No, no. 
It's in St. Elmo's fire, Brian. When when Judd Nelson and Ali Sheedy are breaking up, and he's like, "You can take all the Billy Joel records except the Stranger." <laughs> what is your, that's what? Do you have a favorite Billy Joel record? Um, I used to say the Stranger, but I don't know that that's true. I, Glass Houses is definitely current Brian's favorite. If I had to go all time, I I mean I do love the Stranger and. Uh, Piano Man is actually really good. I don't love Piano Man the song, but the song, the other songs on Piano Man are excellent. Oh, it's Innocent Man, right? Eighty-seven. That's the one I like, right? The one with the one with all the hits that were on that. Tell her about it in Uptown yeah. Girl. Yeah, you're talking that's, about the, the later era stuff. That's dead. That's yeah. yeah. And so that's where I got introduced to it because I was before that I was listening to metal and and MTV introduced me to uh, Billy Joel being able to get Christy Brinkley. Like, you know, short guy from oh, Long yeah, Island with yeah. the, the supermodel. I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Um, and Uptown Girl was about that. So that's where I, yeah, I got that. Someone uh, said to me recently, somebody, you don't know this Billy Joel song? I was like, what record's that on? And they were like, River of Dreams. And I was like, oh, that's, and I, la- I, felt, I felt crappy, but that's, I laughed. I was like, oh, that's why I don't know what it is. Though, honestly, I remember when River of Dreams was a hit and that song uh, it stands up. It stands up. How do we get to talking about Walt's very disappointed right now? He's like, how did you hijack my episode about Coverdale and Page and start talking about Billy Joel? Uh, yeah, let's get let's get back to, to Pride and Joy and Shake My Tree and listen, take me for a little while. We're, we're going to get the reissue. And then, uh, you know, maybe we will just make, take a road trip to uh, Hickory, North Carolina. Does that sound good to you? I, I just yeah. think, I mean, he does invite us at the end of this letter. He says, uh, love to hang and have some beers or whatever and talk. Uh, please consider this show recommendation. Love, respect, and best wishes. Loyal, devoted, fellow soldier of rock. This guy knows how to write an email. Walt. Yeah. Walt, we salute you. Rock and roll bedtime stories wouldn't be the same without folks like you. We really appreciate you taking the time to write and to geek out with us because uh, this was super fun. And uh, you were right to uh, assume that Murdoch would really love this recommendation that you made. <laughs> Walt, so. thank you so much for writing and thanks for turning your, your friends on to rock and roll bedtime stories. Super and, nice. And thanks, thanks for shaking my tree and tickling my fancy with all the stuff I like, dude. Right on. And until next time. Keep telling stories, Walt.